AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. How do refrigerators keep food cold? Who really invented the radio? What was the worst video game of all time? On Tech Stuff, we answer these questions and more. You can get brand new episodes of Tech Stuff every Wednesday on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Welcome to How Stuff Works Now. I'm your host, Lauren Vogelbaum, a researcher and writer here at How Stuff Works. week, I'm bringing you three stories from our team about the weird and wondrous developments that we've seen in science, technology, and culture. This week, a private company has, for the first time, gotten permission to land on the moon. And in unrelatedly futuristic news, a Canadian province is moving forward with its plan to test out an economic system wherein it basically gives all of its citizens free money. But first, senior writer Robert Lamb brings us the story of how science is proving mythology correct. In one very specific instance, anyway. Geologic evidence is helping prove true the legends about China's first dynasty. First of all, humans have a shared heritage of flood myths that stretch well beyond tales of Noah and his ark. One such myth is that of China's Great Flood, a catastrophic event that set the stage for you the Great's legendary water management prowess, his resulting rise to power, and the founding of the Xia Dynasty. Now, this is important because the Shah is China's first dynasty, predating the second millennium BCE Shang dynasty and existing in a time outside surviving written language. As such, study of the period fell out of favor with early 20th century Chinese scholars who sought to expunge mere legend from the historical record. But subsequent decades saw increasing archaeological evidence to align the legendary Shah dynasty with early Bronze Age culture. This research eventually shifted the Shah's traditional start point by roughly a century and a half, from 2200 BCE 
BCE to 2070 BCE, and opened the dynasty to further study. And this is where we return to the Great Flood. If such catastrophic flooding actually occurred, then geological evidence would attest to the fact, potentially etching the start of Yu's rule in the very bones of the Earth. Now, while no definitive scientific model outlines the historicity of China's Great Flood, Nanjing Normal University geology professor Wu Qinglong and his team focused on one particular theory, a second millennium BCE earthquake-induced landslide dam and the ensuing outburst flood on the Yellow River in China's northwest Qinghai province. Having discovered sediment evidence of just such an ancient occurrence, Qinglong's team calculated the potential flood power to 500 times average discharge, and they radiocarbon-dated human remains from decimated late Neolithic habitats positioned downstream. Their findings date the event to roughly 1920 BCE. If this is indeed historical evidence of the Great Flood, it also advances the start point of the Shah dynasty even further, 300 years earlier than the traditional timeline. The finding would also align the flood with Chinese archaeological records that identify 1900 BCE as the transition point from the late Neolithic period to early Bronze Age. Now, who knows how these findings will pan out, but they present a tantalizing convergence of geological science, ancient history, and mythology. Next up, my fellow writer and researcher Joe McCormick explains the concept of universal basic income. It's an economic model that some futurists say may become necessary someday. The government of Ontario announced their intent to launch a basic income trial earlier this year, and now they're moving forward with it. According to an official 2016 budget outline, the provincial government of Ontario, Canada, home to almost 14 million people, wants to run a pilot project to test what happens when you give people what's known as basic income. Basic income is a stipend guaranteed to all citizens by the government. You work, you get it. You don't work, you get it. Everybody gets money. The appeal to liberals is obvious, but there are reasons plenty of conservatives actually back it as well. For example, it may be one way to decisively reduce the size of government, replacing huge labyrinthine welfare administrations with a very simple principle. Everybody gets the basic income. But where does all this cash come from? Fair question. Also, some economists think citizens who receive free money might simply quit their jobs. This could lead to some people actually having less money, plus it could decrease the overall productivity of a country's economy, which hurts everybody. But then again, we won't know unless we try it. Plans to study or implement a basic income are also being discussed in Quebec, plus countries like Finland, Switzerland, and the Netherlands. Now, lots of tech industry leaders and artificial intelligence experts have also spoken up about the basic income. Why? Because their research might be exactly what makes it not just possible, but necessary. In a 2013 study, Oxford researchers Carl Benedict Fry and Michael A. Osborne looked at recent trends in big data, machine learning, and mobile robotics in order to rank human occupations according to how easy it would be for a machine to steal them. For example, if you're a professional choreographer, don't worry, your job is pretty safe. If you're a telemarketer, there is a robot standing behind you right now. Fry and Osborne concluded that 47%, 47% of all U.S. jobs were at high risk for being replaced by machine labor within the next couple of decades. If we extrapolate trends like these, it's possible that within the foreseeable future, most humans won't be able to do any job that a robot can't do better and cheaper. Now, on the plus side, cheap robots 
robot labor will create a huge amount of extra wealth, but if that wealth only accrues to the tiny minority of humans who own the robots, let's be real, this is the prequel to Mad Max. We go in, we kill, we kill, But that's where the basic income enters the plot. If machine productivity means that humankind has access to ridiculous amounts of surplus wealth, but 95% of humans can't find a paying job, something like a basic income seems like the only solution. Of course, we don't have that superhuman robot workforce just yet. So the big question is, how will we know when it's time to start giving everybody free money? this week, senior writer Jonathan Strickland explores how a private American company has made history by getting government permission to land on the moon. Now they just have to go do it. A company called Moon Express has overcome one of the toughest challenges of getting a privately owned spacecraft to the moon. They received permission from the U.S. government. This is a big deal. In 1967, the United Nations ratified a treaty that placed restrictions on how countries can make use of outer space. For example, the treaty said no nation has legal claim to any celestial body, so you can't pop on over to Saturn and claim it for Spain. Lo siento. But the Outer Space Treaty focused on governments, not private companies. Back in the 60s, a private space industry wasn't really possible. Today, it's a different story. We have private companies delivering people, cargo, and satellites to space. It was only a matter of time before a company explored the possibility of going to the moon. In 2007, Google really got things moving by offering a $20 million cash prize to the first privately funded mission to land a rover on the moon, drive it at least 500 meters on the surface, and send videos back to Earth. Moon Express is one of the competitors in that race. But how can a government grant permission? The Outer Space Treaty offers a little guidance. It says the activities of non-governmental entities in outer space, including the moon and other celestial bodies, shall require authorization and continuing supervision by the appropriate state party to the treaty. The United States doesn't have a Department of Lunar Operations. There appeared to be a regulatory void, which, as we all know, can exert a pull so powerful that black holes are envious. Moon Express submitted its request to the Federal Aviation Administration. Did you know the FAA doesn't just oversee commercial air travel, but also rocket launches? It does. And in 2015, the FAA stepped up to the plate to act as the regulatory agency in charge of making sure private companies in the U.S. play fair, you know, up there. The FAA's response to Moon Express's request was basically, yeah, we don't have a problem with that. Presumably, Moon Express will have to work closely with NASA and maintain transparency to satisfy the requirements of the Outer Space Treaty. But this clears the way for private missions to the moon and also to that cool 20 million bucks from Google. Will Moon Express win in the end or will another team claim first prize? I can't wait to find out. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe now for more of the latest and strangest science news, and send us links to anything you'd like to hear us cover. Uh, plus a screenshot of your pet with a Pokemon. I'm obsessed. Shoot us an email at nowpodcast at howstuffworks.com. Check out our other podcasts, Stuff to Blow Your Mind and Forward Thinking, to hear more from today's hosts, me included, and to access thousands of other stories like these, check out our home planet, 
now.howstuffworks.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.